Kathleen Berry, you're the author of A Reluctant Spirit, that's you, A True Tale of God, Ghosts, and a Skeptical Christian. Um, before we get into the juicy stuff, um, just a little bit about your how you became a Nevadan. Well, I, I was born in Southern California, L.A., and I was there till I was 13, and my parents then transplanted us to Carson City, Nevada, which at that point had about a population of 25,000. So it was quite the adjustment for a teenager, but um, I have grown to love Nevada, love the desert, and I went to the University of Nevada, Reno, and I've just stayed here. What, what are some of the kind of selling points if you were talking to someone about why Nevada over, say, California, besides the desert? I like the fact that I don't have to drive very far to get away from everybody. So I can get out in the middle of the desert. I can get out into the Sierra Nevada. And in 30 minutes, I can be away from everyone. And that's just, I since nature means so much to me and my sanity, that um, to me that's a huge, huge plus. Also, we have incredible blue skies. I was in awe for the first couple of years we lived here because I didn't know the skies could be that blue. <laughs> I was raised in L.A. too. Um, how did you progress into your current job for a community college? Well, I've, I've been in public relations my whole life. I got a degree in public relations and journalism. And um, so I just, I ended up there. And as we'll talk about later, there are no coincidences. So now I know why I got the job there. And um, I started off in the public information office. And then I moved to the non-credit programming side where I do marketing. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite series that you do in the non-credit division? Oh, that's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the Nevada Ghost and Paranormal series. Ah. The first time we did, did a ghost class, I thought my boss had lost her mind. And, and now it's my baby. Were you kind of dragged reluctantly kicking and screaming into that? responsibility or were you like oh this is great I can't wait oh no no she she had to drag me she had to drag me when she told me she came up to me one day and she goes okay we're going to do a ghost hunting class and I want you to promote it and I think I laughed out loud and said you've got to be kidding me <laughs> and in my head I'm thinking this is the silliest thing for a college to do and then you look back at my my religious roots, and I was like, either it's the silliest thing or it's just evil. And so I was very nervous about it and very apprehensive. And the first year we did this class, it sold out. My instructor, my boss, put it in a larger classroom. It sold out again. And so then afterwards, she goes, "This is going to become more than just one class, and you need to help me put it together." How interesting. In, in, in the course of your college education, you be, I would imagine there was some kind of tension between your religious beliefs and the paranormal. 
Well, and and at that point, when I was at TMCC, I wasn't going to that church anymore. But it had left seeds, and um, so that was something that my experiences later um, through the Ghost and Paranormal series through the Ghost Hunts that changed that. But it was, it was, I was very worried about it. I thought either it was was a weird dichotomy. It was either this doesn't exist, or if it does exist, I'm going to hell. This doesn't exist, or if it does exist, I'm going to hell. For being involved with it. It it always is bewildering to me because the Bible is full of prophecy, angels, um, healing with intention. There's a lot of supernatural, you know, extraordinary experiences in the Bible. So um, why does it say in Deuteronomy, which you quote in your book, that mediums are detestable to the Lord? Where... Where do if you were being a fundamentalist preacher right now, okay. how would how you explain why they don't like psychics, mediums, was that etc. They are tools okay. of the devil, well, how and that we're not supposed to tap to into that. I was, was also that told that angels did not come back to earth devil. after the and Bible was done, and the Bible gave us all the information we need. There was no need for prophecy. There was no need for angels, and that God was allowing the devil to test us all. So if you think your departed loved one came to visit you in spirit form, it was the devil trying to trap you into his world. So there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear. So there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Right. So in other words, they acknowledge that these kind of abilities exist, but they say that was yes. only okay pre the, when the Bible was written down. Yeah, and, they, and like I said, I don't, don't exist, I don't want to speak then they were good, all and now evangelicals. But there were two yeah, different churches like I, I went I to, and they both I had the same message. And I had it. It was really ironic because when you're born again, when I was born again, I had it. It was I was really sitting ironic. in the quad at UNR at again, night. It was a warm again. evening, just beautiful. It, I and I was talking to a friend, and I was really depressed. And, and she had me profess evening, that Jesus was my Savior. And, and, and I had and I always really been very spiritual, and, always been very religious. And I did that. And when I did that, I had a profound mystical experience. And I could feel that. And when light I that, and tingling I coming through my head it. into my body when and it happened. It was the most pure, amazing love. But when I started going to a church, I immediately realized I could not love. share that experience and with them because they wouldn't get going to a church. I they would think something's wrong with them. Because they want to so eat. you know it's so they I just kind of okay this is me I mean as um, as a child I felt God's so, presence you know, too so that so immediately kind of, connected okay, me to my childhood and and that God's this is the path too. I'm supposed so to be that on immediately connected me to my childhood and and that this is the path I'm supposed to be on um, when you were a child you you would see. I guess what you could call ghosts or what you call dark shadows that like the one that you named the circus master because he had animals 
around him. And then the amazing thing is that 40 years later, your mother said, oh yeah, I, I saw him. And it really confirmed that you weren't having nightmares or imagining. They really were this kind of form out there. Um, actually, so, my um, mom and I you, talked about any this ideas more that in depth about Master three months was, ago. Is, um, and um, she believes it was the woman who owned its husband because he had been there, but he had died before we had moved in. And she thought it was him. But the timing was really amazing. There are no coincidences. I I had that experience as a child, and I just thought I had a very vivid imagination, but it never left me. I mean, I could see them around my crib. And then just shortly, it had to be six months before I went to Goldfield. So it was very close to that when my mother just... Popped in and, so and said this had happened that. to her, uh, and when my mother so that was a validation that I think I needed to have, and prior to the so experience at the Goldfield Hotel, it's like everything was orchestrated. All these little things the I went through, nothing was a coincidence. Hotel. It's like everything was orchestrated. All these little things I went through, nothing was a coincidence. Well, and later on, you heard a divine voice saying, yes, I arranged all this so you would yes. be supported in yes. your development. And, and that, um, that voice you felt I was think we God. can all yeah. experience yes. God, yes. the universal power, and, um, whatever you want to call I it. I think we all have that ability. God, and I always power, feel like when I get it, something I totally out of the blue that I'm not and thinking about, and it comes like with all this I love, Something totally I feel that is the universal that I'm power. not thinking about, and it comes with all this love. I feel that is the universal power. Mm -hmm. um, people might be interested who are interested in synchronicity. Gary Schwartz at the University of Arizona does all this kind of paranormal work, and he has a book about super synchronicity. Um, and I think he sh he shares one of his experiences. <laughs> running into 36 ducks at different times. <laughs> um, let's talk about, before you your adventure with the ghost at the Goldfield Hotel, some other kind of experiences as what people call a sensitive. And that is, I you was, had a premonition I, um, that you would win we a raffle we to, to Africa. Africa. You were absolutely certain. Uh, is we that were right? in our 20s. I, was. I mean, I, I left on um, popcorn and pancakes we to go to Africa. Africa. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we and 20s. when I came back, I, mean, I, I got this mailer from a place we went to, and they said, do this raffle. I mean, and so and I thought, well, I'll never be able back, to go to Africa again. I'll never be able to afford it. So I filled it out. And that night, I had the most vivid dream that I won. And I woke up stressed that I was going to have to tell my boss that I was going on another long vacation. And they had the deadline. They had the deadline on the raffle. We will call people on so-and-so <laughs> date, you know, whoever and, won. And, they had the and they had that the night I was going to bed and I told Kim, I said, they didn't call me. I know I won it. They didn't call me. And he goes, you did not win it. And then the next morning they called me. It was just a fantastic trip. And then the next morning they called me. Just amazing. And it was just a fantastic trip. And just amazing. 
Do you think you had some kind of maybe I, past life connections I with Africa that it's so Serengeti, you? My first impression of the I Serengeti did. was I, this is ugly and it's I not what I thought it'd the be. Serengeti. But there was my this very deep the connection was, to the land and the place. And I felt a sense of peace there. And I've only had two places. I've traveled quite a bit. And there's only been two places in my life like that. And that's the Serengeti and the Scottish Highlands. Tanzania. It's the Masamara. Mm-hmm. And the Serengeti's in Kenya, right? Tanzania. Tanzania. It's the Masamara in Kenya. Wow. Um, And then you had some communication with relatives who passed over, like Aunt Ruby and your uncle. Part of it was just to, once again, this was before Goldfield, so it was to set the stage for me to be open to the idea that that our consciousness survives after death. And for my uncle, he had been gone, he had crossed over like two, three weeks earlier, so he wasn't constantly in my thoughts. And I was just laying in bed, and it was a crisp night and you know you put your hand out from under the covers and it gets cold and then I just felt this warmth and squeezing on my hand and then I knew it was him and I knew he was what he was basically telling me was that he loved me and, and that I would be okay. So that's that's what I feel that was and that was earlier with Ruby. I so I that's about that a was. month or two before I started going, Ruby, before I went to the Goldfield I, Hotel, I started meditating I, regularly. A month or I had two gone to a psychic development class, and she suggested you do that. I had so I was meditating, class, and I wasn't thinking about my aunt. She had passed away in 2000. So I was and meditating, and I wasn't thinking about I, my aunt. I think aunt. I was just kind of keyed up, and she just kind of came through, and she helped and me to feel better, and that I, I think what I I'm doing is not wrong, because I was still really fighting with, what am I doing here? Why am I trying? to see if I have psychic abilities when I think that God does not here? want me to Why have am I trying to which now I know I is completely not my mind when I think that my God does not want me to have right. which um, now I know mm-hmm. is completely not my mind or my dream right um, and then um, the, there was another really lovely experience where you were setting up the lake mansion in Reno for an event and there were these little antiques in the parlor that you put in a bedroom to so they would be safe from the, the well, I got there about 6 30 in the morning the next morning, morning press conference to get everything ready and the historical well, society ran the first floor so our offices were on the second floor and, and they're like you just be careful make sure you get everything breakable out of the way so our office and i went in and everything was back exactly where it had been i was the last one in the building the night before everything was so I called the janitors, <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? I had moved it all, and I'm having to move it all again. So and they I said, the we were there when you said, were there. We haven't been doing? there since. And that is a very active building. There are people in my office had had 
experiences and that is a very um, with things uh, running up the stairs and seeing shadows at the door uh, and knocking at the door, like during a snowstorm, you know, just pounding on the door. And one guy came raining the down the stairs, saw like guys standing on the other side, opened you know, it up. There's snow the everywhere, no footprints, no person, no sign of anyone. So it was a very active place. So I've no I've been in, I've worked no in several buildings that were very so active, active but so I kept thinking it was I've my imagination and that, it, that, were very that these things didn't active, exist. But I kept thinking it was my imagination and that, it, that these things didn't exist. Um, one um, more pre-Goldfield hotel experience that I thought was great is the psychic that you know, Vicki Gay, called you up and she said, my guide suggested I call you, gave me your phone number, which is very specific that, information. I had why, always thought psychics were calling you. Honestly, <laughs> that they were just showmen. And, that, and um, she had, had done a presentation for one of our other programmers. Um, and, at that um, point, I wasn't really involved with the ghost series. And so she had done something. And... Um, that programmer came into my office and we were sitting there and we're going, and I'm going, you know, ask her to teach a full blown psychic development class, you know, because we haven't done anything like that. And we were talking back and forth and just as my coworker said, okay, I'm going to go call her now. That's when my phone rang. I never talked to Vicki. I had never had any dealings with her. And she just called and said, I was giving her number by spirit and you have something to tell me. And, she just and I just, said, I was floored. I was absolutely I was floored. My spirit and you know, and then I meet me. these people that are dealing with the paranormal, and they're all so normal. That was such a shock for me because you know, I expected I them all to be kooks and weirdos, and they're intelligent people, and they're insightful people. I expected them all to be kooks and weirdos, and they're just been an amazing journey. People, and they're insightful people. And it's just been an amazing journey. I'll say. Um, then the, a lot of your book is about the KTVW TV station documentary about the Goldfield Hotel. And I read that it was built in 1902 as part of the gold rush. So Goldfield was a town and it was flush with money because of, of the gold rush. And it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the U.S. So... The, the TV station uh, well, was going to do a, a show about got in the one of activity there, right? So when I had That's signed up on a quirk for the psychic development class because I was still so, so shocked that Vicki had I called me out of the blue. So I'm like, I want to learn more. So I think it was, because I was after the so first class, I got a call from the, so the local like, CBS affiliate. So I think it was and they said, we want to do a Halloween story surrounding ghosts. And Will you set it up? Want to do so, um, and I was asked that quite a bit at that ghosts, time. That that was before ghost hunting really became that so, common. Um, and I was and um, so one of our instructors time. set up and arranged for them really to go to the gold common. field. I was and, not um, so one of intending to go. Set up and I for them just to wanted to stay out of the way and let them do their I stuff because what did I know about? It? I didn't go. know anything about I it, and I didn't believe just in it. Just wanted to stay out of the way and let them do their stuff because what did I know about it? I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't believe in it. Yes, yes. The 
and then they asked you to go as kind of an impartial very kind, compassionate man. And I think he was doing that to show his appreciation that I was able to set this up because at that time, people were not spending the night in the hotel. The hotel had been closed since the 40s. Actually, the hotel is the third hotel that's been on that site. It started off as a mine. Then there was a wooden structure and it burnt to the ground. Then they rebuilt it quickly. Then there was an electrical fire. And I think two or three people died in that. So the building that's there now was built in 1907. The others came earlier and they made it fireproof, basically. It had fire exits and fire ladders and brick and stone. It's just a huge building. If anybody's ever driven between Las Vegas and Reno, um, Goldfield is just about in the center spot and it's four stories and it's just huge. Goldfield is just about in the center spot and it's four stories and it's just huge. It has come to a stop. Unfortunately, last week the owner passed away. So um, um, come to he was starting to, his health was starting to fail. And my understanding is that so, they stopped the restoration um, efforts probably to, five or six months ago. And so, but they've put a whole new roof in, they put in all new electrical, five or six stuff like that. So I'm hoping that someone so, will continue because they've made such major improvements on being able to reopen it. And it's also been a target of a lot of vandalism being closed for so long. It hasn't been. To reopen it, and it's a also public been a business since the 1940s. Being closed for so long, it hasn't been a public business since the 1940s. Wow. Why do you think it is that that particular place is supposed to be one of the most haunted? I mean, does it have something to do with the history of the building or the vortices well, um, in the natural environment? There's a couple different ideas. Why is it, it so alchemy? which I don't really well, understand real well, um, but it is there's a couple over a gold vein, and there was a mine there, and there's still a mine shaft in the basement. So that could have something to do with it. The caretaker, who was the caretaker of the building for decades, she said that there is one prominent vortex, and that that vortex serves as a portal between the spirit world and our world. And, and this was a show place in its day. It was, you know, the most fancy, sophisticated building in the and state of Nevada at that time. They had it weekly was, dances you know, the at the ballroom. And it was things where everybody Nevada came from all over they had to participate. So my personal feeling is you've got this vortex there. You have a lot of people that had very fond memories. And a lot of them come and go. And they want to see. I think there are a couple stuck entities um, but I think that for the most part it's just it's easier for them to show up there it's easier for them to manifest in some way it's easier for them to show up there easier for them to manifest in some way there was a group of people uh, spirits who threw a brick at some earlier investigators and then your group talked to them, and they said, "Yes, we throw the, we threw the brick, but um, no, no thanks." They said, "We've already done that," and they were very polite. So, 
Why bother well, throwing a brick? The I only mean, other group that has spent the night in there of these was Ghost Adventures. <laughs> And well, the very first Ghost Adventures TV show the is the Goldfield Hotel. Was the Ghost Adventures. So and the very this is television and is the in trying Hotel. to get a so reaction from the energies there. And I don't believe they were as polite get a reaction as I would have been. There. And um, they, they were trying they were to get a reaction. They were trying to get something for as TV. As I would have been. And, and um, so they, I think they were I think they were trying to, to provoke, trying to get a reaction. And where when we went in, so we think, were very trying to very respectful. To it kind of shocked me because we the, in, the people we leading our investigation, very, we'd walk into the room and they'd say, "Excuse us, kind of you know, we're so and so, and we're just here to learn about you. And if you want to talk to us, that's great. And if you don't." You know, we're so that's and great so, too, and and, and to we did that in every room. To talk to us, and so when we were in this one room, that's great too. And, um, and we did that which we knew when room. we went in there, so they we had told me that room, this is the ghost adventures room. This is the one where the brick was thrown. And we were just standing there, and they asked a couple questions. And as soon as they hit play, we were just standing, and we got those class A EVPs because honestly, I thought EVPs were. Like the biggest play. joke of the century, and we got those <laughs> class A EVPs because electronic voice EVPs phenomena. Like the biggest joke, and of the century. You better tell people what an EVP is. Yeah, it's white noise. Usually, it's just like really weird, loud and white. It's noise. like a little tape recorder. And then it's like a go go. Oh, this is John the Spirit, and he says, "Hi, how are you? I'm having a great day." You know that kind of thing. This and so I always thought spirit. I could and never he hear it. They would play it, and I'd say, that, you know, that, that just sounds like white noise and to me. So but when I they pushed play on there, there were two distinct voices, a male and a female. And I was just shocked, because at this point, we'd been into it several hours and been doing things, and it was so clear. And... It, it was such a blessing to me because right then and so there, that's when I became a believer in that our consciousness survives the physical demise of our bodies. Right then and there, that's when I became a believer in that our consciousness survives the physical demise of our bodies. I think the male said, and what did the, um, thank you, we've the already say, what done the that. Say? And the female voice said, we never meant said, to hurt anybody. Um, thank you, we've already done that. And the female voice said, we never meant to hurt anybody. And then when you were there, yes. they felt like one of the voices and, that wasn't you, so polite. You know, who knows? Who leave. knows what what yes. that spirit's issue was? So and, you know, it's just you know, hard to knows, say. That was on the what, main floor. What whether he felt that you know we were encroaching on his space, whether he was having a bad yeah, day. I know they don't have that. days, but you know, we were or maybe he just was an unhappy entity. Who knows? But yeah, that that was disconcerting because that was early on in the evening. But yeah, that that was disconcerting because that was early on in the evening. So what I'm what this kind of says to me is that just because someone is on the other side 
doesn't mean they're more evolved. No, I, th so, I think we you know, take when, a lot of Trump our personality over, with us. I, not become I see our consciousness something. as like what no, makes I, I us think we us. Take a lot of our so that when we cross us, over, that's I that's how we are. So like what makes like us I've been us. in a brothel. So that when and, we cross over, that's you know that's how we are. So. You encounter like hostility, brothel, you encounter and, horrible sadness you know, and oppression and you and the energy from what happened in those areas and from those people that were not treated well and the or were not happy in life. In that definitely comes through. I think the spirit world is just well, like the human world. They're good, they're bad, they're kind, they're people that say, leave me alone, I don't want to have anything to do with you. They're good, they're bad. They're kind. There are people that say, leave me alone. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the specific experiences you had in the hotel. We, we talked about the EVP. Yeah, and then you know, there were a couple rooms we'd go like in. temperature changes. And what, what did you there feel? There would be no real reason yeah, why you know, all of a sudden it would get very cold. And, and Or you would feel would like no something where a draft is, but you're in an area where there can't be a draft. draft. And or you would feel like the temperature changes with is, that. Same with scents. The lavender lady, the lilac lady. The I always get them confused which that. one it was. There were probably six of us kind of like in line, you know, one after the other. And the person in front of me goes, wow, I smell perfume. And then it just like hit me just long enough for me to go, wow, yeah, that's floral. That's lilacs. And like the person behind me smelled it too. And then it just like dissipated and no one smelled it. But no one had been up there in months. And none of us, we were in. I was instructed so no not to wear perfume, not to wear shiny months. objects, not to wear jangly stuff because we, we didn't want to cause not to wear perfume, not to wear any more objects, confusion about the senses stuff, if we did come across something unusual. Any more confusion about the senses if we did come across something unusual. So because that lilac lady was is consistently there, does that mean, do you think that she's stuck, or does she kind of come when they're visitors? You know, or, I'm, um, I'm not sure. Why I'm would not someone sure be about stuck the lilac lady such a or the cowboy or the little boy? I don't know, you know if they're I'm, stuck there. I'm I don't know sure. if they I'm just visit sure there a lot. For a long time, I believe that Elizabeth, probably the most famous ghost at the Goldfield Hotel, was stuck. But there had been a big outpouring of love for her and people when they would go um after we had been there a couple years later and they were letting more people go in and so people would bring gifts for her and stuff like that and the caretaker would go almost every day into elizabeth's room and just say hi to her it's like they had a mother-daughter relationship and when um and just the caretaker she moved up to reno she's an assisted living now um, she did come with her. Elizabeth comes and visits her. So I don't believe Elizabeth is stuck anymore. I think she she can go wherever she she would like to. Elizabeth is stuck anymore. I think she she can go wherever she she would like to. Oh, interesting. Um, is there is there any historical evidence that there was an Elizabeth no, who was chained to the we radiator? No, no one I know pregnant, has been able to find information on that. 
We do know there were no, some very powerful men in Goldfield at that time that could probably do anything they wanted. We do know they said that when powerful men and when I don't know how far back people took over the hotel that there were chains attached to the radiator. I don't know how far back and people took over. It's everything from the first time I heard about it was that it was a prostitute. And then I heard it was it's everything a teenage girl who had gotten pregnant by this very powerful man and he didn't want his reputation who had gotten pregnant so it you know it's this very powerful man and he I really believe there there was an entity an energy there I don't know what happened um they say that the baby got thrown down the mine shaft in the basement that the baby died in childbirth that the baby was adopted that she died in childbirth you know it's just all over the basement that the baby died in childbirth so I don't believe she's a prostitute because I just over the place. Wow. The feeling um, and the energy in so the room I don't believe she's didn't felt much different than just, say in the brothel. The feeling and the, in the energy brothel, in the room, that it was more just it felt much devastation in the and sadness. In the old brothel that it was more just <laughs> devastation and sadness. Yes. And in fact so you we had hadn't a been in the hotel for 10-15 minutes. And the person yes. who and first fact, taught our ghost classes who arranged for us to be there, Janice Oberding, she said, Kathy, I'm just curious. I want you to come to this room, to and I want you to tell me if you sense anything. She said, Kathy, and I did curious. not know the story. I did not know about her. And I walked into the room, and women will get this, men will roll their eyes. But it was like all of a sudden I had a horrible PMS episode. I thought I was just going to start sobbing. I was, was so like, devastated. I, I was incredibly sad. I thought I was and then as soon as I, I walked out so of the room, it was immediately gone. Sad. So I'm, then when I, I told the room, our teacher who had gone. experience with the Goldfield so Hotel, I'm, she's gone, that's Elizabeth. And then she told me the story. Who had experience with the Goldfield Hotel, she's gone, that's Elizabeth. And then she told me the story. Hmm. Um, then there was also the really tangible was, experience of feeling your hair stroke. Um, what was that like? This is a night that left me it unoverwhelmed. Was, it was very, very This is odd. This is after we got the Class A EVP um, in the basement, and we were just this taking is, a break. It was probably one in the morning. I was sitting against a wall on a bench against the wall. taking a break. It was probably one in the morning. And I was just, I was talking to Janice, the instructor, and I was telling her how sick I'd been. And, and how I was, just, I was really I was worried about coming on this overnight investigation because I've been so ill. Been, and then I, I could really just kind of feel fingers parting my hair and just kind of stroking like this. And so like my hands like went to like this. I stopped talking and I'm thinking, do I have bugs in my hair, spiders in my hair? And I'm like doing this and she's like, what's going on? And I'm going, something is touching me. Something is touching me. And What's it was later, on? after I and thought I'm about it, that this happened when I was talking about how difficult my life had become. And my sense is the entity was trying to soothe me and trying to say, hang in there. And so it, it was something that was the entity was very odd, but it was also very calming in a way. So it was something that was 
very odd, but it was also very calming in a way. Oh, that's sweet. So for 18 years, you'd had chronic fatigue syndrome and a, a, the residue of a virus yes. that you got in yes. Africa and, that um, was really debilitating. It, that's it had a long been time something that suffer. I had given up all hope yes. that I would ever get yes. better. And, I just figured um, I just had to make it, do it had been and get by, but I could not. That I would ever get better. I you know, the energy was really bad. You couldn't stand up by, for very long. You couldn't walk not. for very long. And here I was yeah, on this all-night really trip bad. that I didn't want to be on, but my boss said, a TV station asks you to spend the night, and you've got a reporter's attention for 24 hours. You're going. And you've got a reporter's attention for 24 hours. You're going. Um, you also yes. heard footsteps yes. and knocking and that you really you actually the most heard yourself. pronounced, and this was further, this yes. was later into yes. the night, and, and I'm a really chicken, I admit it, I'm a coward, this was further, and this was later into the night. I always made sure and whenever I'm we went anywhere, because we always I'm stayed as a group, because <laughs> we didn't want someone to be in another room I and us think sure that's an entity, we went anywhere, and so I was never the first in line, I was never the last in line, never, I was right in the middle, and so I was never the first that I had people that I could see that were real around me, and all of a sudden, the TV camera lights and died. All of a sudden, and I had this the, big, huge um, mag light. The TV and the cameraman goes, died. "I need light. I can't I take pictures without light. Will you go in the front of the group and the and shine goes, the flashlight light, so that I at least have something so that the camera can pick up some detail." So we were on the fourth floor, and we were walking. We came up to the big so we central staircase, and, and all of a sudden, it we were sounded like we a football linebacker charging up the stairs, just charging. It was loud. It was fast. I braced myself to be hit. I let out this squeal that they're still laughing about at KTVM. And, and the anchorman who was behind me, like, plastered himself against the wall. And we were like, what and the was that? Was I mean, we both heard it. And we were so loud. And we both heard it. And the cameraman goes, oh, don't worry. When I get back to the studio, I'm sure I can bring out that sound. But the sound never recorded. The cameraman goes, oh, don't worry. When I get back to the studio, My scream did. My squeal of horror did, but... Wow. Not the footsteps. My scream did. My squeal of horror did, but not the footsteps. Were there any other specific experiences that you had in the hotel that um, um, worked out? Well, you know, if you we were in there for 12 hours. Saw. Well, probably no. Yeah, um, probably just about 12 well, hours. Know, we were so near the end... Hours. When well, I was I really yeah, shell-shocked, um, so we just decided to just sit in the, the lobby really of the hotel with all the lights off um, and just see just what any of us would sense. The lobby and most of us did see the these black, shadowy entities. They weren't people-shaped or anything, but kind of like going through the top of the, near the ceiling, moving around. 
mm-hmm. and then away from the ceiling. Of the, so um, um, near the ceiling, and that was probably around. more Halloween-like and, and ghost-like than so, than anything um, else I experienced. And that, that was night. probably more Halloween-like <laughs> and ghost-like than than anything else I experienced that night. Do you have any you know, idea I, what I that was? No, it's just the energy I have of no idea. I've never figured out room? what it was. You know, if it I, was just a different no, type of energy no idea. that was moving around what was, or what. But the way it, it moved, it wasn't a shadow and it wasn't was being caused by anything. But the way At that point, there really wasn't any wasn't traffic driving by and it wasn't caused any issues. At that point, um, really so I have never figured that one out. But when I walked out of that hotel, issues. I think we finally called um, it quits so about 4.45 in the morning. But now take I it, there are no bathrooms, hotel, there are no run, there's no running water. So And when we left, so I thought, it, no I will never set foot in this building again. And when we left, I thought, I will never set foot in this building again. Wow. And then your friend who you called Charlotte was able to tell you what you saw and didn't even know that you saw. She was so clairvoyant. Like she described mm-hmm. the, the little boy wearing the shorts that little boys used to wear, like mm-hmm. British little boys wear. So Well, um, and when what, I left the Goldfield Hotel, I was stuck in this Deep, well, deep and mind fog. I it was like my brain hotel, was so was stuffed with stuff that I couldn't concentrate. Fog. I couldn't think. It was like it my brain was, was so stuffed with It was stuff. the weirdest okay. experience. It was just like I was just think. overwhelmed. Was, and so when I went to see her, the weirdest um, I had no idea. Like and I've, I've heard this sense from other friends. So that they're, they're like, well, we her, never told you, Kathy, because um, we thought you'd think no we're idea. crazy, which I would have back friends, then. They're like, well, And so she's saying, you saw this. And that's one of the reasons why your brain is so... Full. You're you're and processing so it. You saw this, and, and that's, you know that's she. One of the reasons why she, your brain is so. And full. there were bizarre you're, you're things she knew, it. and there was no way and, anybody would you know. know. She, like she, um, when we had been in there maybe twenty minutes, knew, and, and it was, was during no the daytime, and they just wanted know. to get establishing like, shots. Um, one of the TV people tripped. He just tripped. There was nothing there. And everybody was like making a big joke um, over it. And she told me, she goes, oh, well, you know, when that guy tripped. And I said, yeah. She goes, he tripped over a ghost dog. And I just thought, oh, well, you know, like, oh, come on. But who, you know, and I'm like, okay, so who'd you talk to? Did you talk to Janice? Did you talk to Bill? You know, who'd you talk to? She's like, I haven't talked to anybody. She goes, I can see that you saw him trip over a dog. And that's not something people talk about. I mean, out of everything that happened that night. Why would anybody mention, and oh, so-and-so tripped? I mean, it's just about. not I mean, that important. That happened and that she was night, able to do that time and time again, going, oh, so remember trip. when this happened and that I mean, happened. It's just not that and it seemed so minor. And, and she she's like, you saw this, you saw that. Again, going, oh, she said it was like she could see a movie playing in my mind of what I had experienced. She said it was like she could see a movie playing in my mind of what I had experienced. Hmm. Um, what what Janice about Janice is a very prolific a author ghost hunter or what's and historian, title? and I'm um, not sure Janice why she ended up getting author, involved with ghost investigations, 
but she was I'm doing this sure before anybody else really was. You never heard of this investigation. And um, she, she had probably 10, 15 years experience when I met her in the year 2000 of investigating the paranormal. And she's great. She's skeptical. I think the best ghost hunters are skeptical. And um, because you don't skeptical. want to just fall for anything. You want to be able to look at things objectively. And because you don't want to just fall for anything. You want to be able to look at things. Janice Oberding, O-B-E-R-D-I-N-G. So people can see her books? She's written a lot of ghost books. She writes true crime. She writes historical. She's written a lot of ghost books. She writes true crime. She writes historical. Mm-hmm. And then... There's was it the same group who went to another hotel where Marilyn Monroe and Frank Sinatra had stayed, and you saw the the room where a man had committed suicide, and people said, "Oh no, that couldn't happen in this room." And then the manager said, "Oh, well, it's been remodeled." That was a few weeks happen. later because so, was the TV station wanted us to go to when was um, three different historical that was sites. A few weeks later, so the first one was the, the Goldfield Hotel. Then we went um, to the Calneva Lodge, sites. which is up at so the, the North Shore of Lake Tahoe and Crystal Bay. Then we went it's to the been Calneva closed Lodge, for a while now. It was open North at the time, but it used to be owned by Frank Sinatra. So the Rat Pack spent a lot of time there. And so I was still reeling from everything that happened at Goldfield. And... So I was still essentially the Goldfield Hotel opened up my third eye and it removed and my belief that these things can't exist the Goldfield Hotel and it removed my, my belief that I have a great imagination that I was explaining anything that happened in my life. What a coincidence, what, a, what an imagination I have. And so I was standing in the back of the hotel room and I had the manager on one side of me at the property and the anchor. The and room, um, and the psychics the and the investigators were standing near this window, and I saw a man swinging and, um, from a noose. I saw the ba- I saw him standing there looking out the window, window and, and then I saw him swinging, him hanging and swinging. And that's probably the most terrifying thing I have seen. And swinging and thank thank goodness I never saw his face. And so when I said, um, you know, this guy hung himself thank, here right in front of the window, and everybody's going, no, no, there's there's so nowhere to do it. You know, and the, so that's I when the manager said, yeah, right he did, window, and we redecorated, and, no, and we no, took there's, out there's the fixture that he hung himself. And the manager said, yeah, he did, and we redecorated, and we took out the fixture that he hung himself. What did you feel? That's an interesting place. A lot of people feel a lot of different things. I believe that, I heard rumors that they uh, raised the cabin, so that the last people, people that owned it destroyed all the cabins, so that's not there. There were underground the cabin, tunnels that, that connected the cabins to the showroom, so the stars could there go back and forth without having to deal with cabins. And I remember sitting there, and I've actually been there a couple times, so I may not relate the right experience, but I remember just feeling this crushing pressure in my chest, just tightness, and almost hard to breathe, and that was in that was in her room. So, but like I said, I've been there several times, so I don't remember which one was the first time. 
So, but like I said, I've been there several times, so I don't remember which one was the first time. I so not going to make the comment because I really don't know. I don't feel like I got anything, didn't. any information I'm from not that. Not going to make a comment because I really don't know. I don't feel like I'm not even anything, sure I sensed Marilyn. It may have been someone else that. that had stayed in that room. Um, so I'm not even sure I sensed Marilyn. It may have been someone else that had stayed in that room. Right. So the, the outcome of all these experiences is that you really changed your view of God and spirituality and opened up so that you had angelic communications well, I think because and I, what you felt I like was the voice of God. This whole what, range what of emotions. Like? I thought I was really losing well, my I mind. I came I, back from I Goldfield and I thought, okay, this is this it. I'm spiraling into madness because this really can't be true. Mind. None of this I can be true. And, I thought, and, okay, and luckily, I had people put in my life that helped me through it, helped me understand what I was going through. And I had brought an entity home with me after Goldfield. Or it came to visit me afterwards, one or the other. And I would hear footsteps every night coming down the hall, starting at the far end of the house, coming down the hall, coming to my room, standing at the edge of my bed. And I think it was like after the fourth, fifth night of this, and I was just getting to the point where I was just scared to death to go to bed. You know, I'd have my Bible clutched to me and my covers over my head. And when it happened at that point, you know, I'm just like, God, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? I am so angry. I was so upset. I was so scared. And I was told, don't you understand? I've been here all along. And I put people in your life. And I gave you experiences to help you process this and get through this. And this is all part of my plan. This is all part of my growth. You know? So it was different from what I thought. If someone would have said, and, and that all these paranormal experiences, I would have thought, thought it'd be like Stephen King and horror movies. That all these and everything was pretty much, for the most like part, Stephen except King for the bitch guy and, horror movies. and the startling and from the staircase, was, pretty much were, was very positive and, and the was very life-affirming and just, was, was very positive. I found it a blessing. And I found that it changed my complete view of the and afterlife and the ideas of eventual God. My complete view of the afterlife and the ideas of eventual God. And it, it seems like your 18 years of chronic um, fatigue. Well, it's a complicated thing, anymore. yes. So um, for 10 years after Goldfield Hotel, um, I was very healthy. Well, it's a complicated and, thing, yes. Um, so, but um, I've since come down with something else. And, Hotel, but no one healthy. can explain. And, I think it's the um, same thing that I had before. But else. no one can and, explain the no 10 years of good health. They think That's a mystery because they said that doesn't happen. But no one can explain the 10 years of good health. That's a mystery because they said that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So do you think it was because you made contact like you say, you opened your your sixth chakra that you opened yes. up to the divine. I think and it allowed this was that, all part of the grand scheme, or whatever. Because it is there's no way occur. I could have written a book on yes. top of my jaw the way I was feeling and being scheme. so sick. 
And I think that by releasing the fear, which I think was huge, because I had been holding on to so much fear about God, God was always looking for me to screw up, and that no, you know, no matter what I did, I could never be good enough. And when I felt the unconditional love from the divine. And after and Goldfield, I just started I getting revelations, and I started giving, getting I, these things that would just randomly pop into my brain. This is what the afterlife is like. This is what heaven's like. This is what hell's like. I mean, I would just, just out of the blue, not be thinking about it, and just pop in. And it just turned out to be an amazing, positive experience for me. And it it just helped me grasp the idea that God is so much greater for me than the little box I had put him me in. Grasp the idea that, that he's managing. So greater I'm saying he than the little just because that's the way I was growing. I don't think God's a male or female. He's managing. Um, I'm saying he, but I believe that he looks over all of us, helps us. Um, you know, he creates situations for us he to give us experiences that prepare us down the line. You know, so, especially like this year, has been so weird, and I just keep thinking, we're being prepared. So We're learning, we're like growing this from this, so weird, and this and thinking, experience with COVID and, and learning, our world national situation, experience that COVID this is preparing and, us for later, and our world so that we'll have tools, and then later we'll be able to say, ah, that you know, I went through this, later. this, and this, and I learned so these that things. So we'll have tools, and then later we'll be able to say, ah, you know, so, I went through this, this, and this, and I learned these things. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of came to new resi- recognition okay, of what I think hell, that the afterlife is what we like. Did you ourselves. paint a picture of that? For us? Hell is, okay. no one I is tougher on us than we are. Is what we create that God us. is absolute, unconditional hell love. Hell is, <laughs> no one is tougher on us than we are. He is not. That God is absolute, unconditional love. Excuse me, I need water. <coughs> he is not. <coughs> I need water. Sure. No one can create hell for us except us. And when you're afraid to go to God when you die, <laughs> no one can that's when you create hell. And when you're afraid to go to God, when you heaven, die, I think is the ultimate that's freedom. When you create hell. I think we can go anywhere, anytime. Heaven, um, time I think travel. Is the ultimate freedom. I think we can go anywhere, so anytime. Um, time travel. Um, and I think that love so guides sorry. all. Oh, that's okay. That with love, we um, can do anything. And I think that love guides all. That with love, we can do anything. I'm thinking of um, people like even Alexander, the surgeon who had the near-death experience, being in coma for a couple weeks, who's in my um, Mysteries of Reality book. It's part of the series. And he, what he said is that he, he feels that uh, many people do go through the life review where they, after they die, they go through their life. And the purpose is to see what what. What lessons have we learned? How do we need to grow? So there's like an evolutionary process of, of growth and evolution that, is, that we're here for. So that because there's consequences of our action, it, 
it, it mm -hmm. makes it understandable to me I, I why Dr. some people would um, suffer in something that Alexander's is called hell. book, Proof of Heaven. And I remember I, I some of the Dr. things that, um, that he encountered, I thought in a lot of ways it felt like I did I the same. So even though it wasn't a near-death experience, I, thought in a lot I think of a lot of the outcomes like and a lot same. of my realizations so were similar to what someone with a near-death experience would have, which it was the death of my old reality, because I realized my, re my idea of reality which was, was far the too death of my old reality. because I realized my, re my idea of reality was far too narrow. Is, is there anything else that we haven't talked about Just that, that comes anything to mind is possible. that you'd like to share? You know, everything is possible, and and the universe Just is trying to is make possible. everything better for you us, know, and we need to let go, possible, and we need to stop being hard on ourselves, and, and we need to, to stop fearing the unknown. Just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just we're here to experience. And it doesn't mean it's there's bad. so much for us to get it's out just, of this life here. We're here to experience. You know, this is a real and gift. And even so when times are tough, to out of this life it's still here. a gift. You know, this is a real gift. And even when times are tough, it's still a gift. Right. I mean, I had a spiritual teacher who said steel has to go through the molten fire to burn out the impurity so that it becomes strong. And that, that, to me, is a good analogy for life. So just because something is problematic or difficult or challenging, it doesn't mean we're being punished. It Definitely. means we're Definitely. given an opportunity to get purified and stronger like steel. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I agree. Thank you.